At long last, Big Daddy Thrawn has returned. We'll see you all after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star all about the wars and the stars. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying, force-sensitive native to the Chiss Ascendancy, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest mind the Rebellion has to offer. Actually, today, it's just the greatest singular mind. It's all reliable, master of chaos, pod-raising enthusiast, king of the hearth, the Kleinfeld. Hey, Thomas, how are you? I'm happy to be here. It's just the two of us, a little fireside chat, but, um, you know, it's we're, we are few, but we are strong, and we shall thrive today, because we won. We did it. We are here. In the wise words of Ethan Simi, we are so back. We are so fucking back baby uh I'm, I'm excited for this week i'm excited to talk about this with you in the words of ethan simi coming by way of uh al pacino give me all you got today on this here episode i'm sorry for your ears folks we're diving into ahsoka episode six far far away but before that buddy like how, how you doing what's going on up in your neck of the country What's up? What's going on in your galaxy, Pat? <laughs> in my galaxy? Oh, the galaxy far, far away. Um, You know, Thomas, we are nothing but genuine on this podcast. So um, I would be lying to say that I'm doing great. Um, life has been not amazing over the last uh, a little while after we got off the podcast last week. Um. I had some bad kind of family news. Uh, lost a um, my pet dog of eleven years, my puppy, little Neva. Although she wasn't so little when she when she went, but it 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 happened sort of all of a sudden, uh, and the family decided that it was the best thing to do. And so Thursday night, we said goodbye, and it's been a hard. Um, hard last week or so <laughs> to be to be honest with you that yeah i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> i'm um, sorry to bring the mood of the podcast down. no I just, man listen hey uh, listen, it's been weighing it's, it's been weighing on me and yeah. honestly like it's it's outlets like this and and getting to watch ahsoka and writing over on the direct that have been like actually kind of helping me over the last week but it's um it's, it's weird tough. grief is a weird thing where it like of course hit me like a truck Thursday Friday uh or I guess yeah Thursday Friday last week so we recorded on Wednesday night I think it was was it Wednesday I forget what day it was that it all happened but um then I was fine for a couple days went and saw my parents who where the dog lived where Neva uh, lived for all of her life one saw them went over there over the weekend and it was weird it was like this is it's quiet it's like where's the 
Where's the panting in your face or the annoying paw on your leg? She was a big dog and she, she, all she did was love. But, um, and I was kind of fine there. And then like just yesterday, so almost a week later, I, I had been fine for a few days, almost a week later, just like sitting here at my computer, just like, boom, all of a sudden it hit me again. And yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it comes in waves, I guess I haven't dealt with it. I mean, I've been lucky enough to not deal with a lot of grief in my life. Uh, but it's, it's been, it's been a weird, weird last seven days or so. Well, buddy, it's, listen, it's, it's always tough. I understand I've been there and my heart is with you. Uh, you know what they say? Grief is just love persevering. And, you know, you got to let it, you got to let it happen. Got to let it come. Got to let it go because otherwise it'll find itself eating a hole in your heart. I've seen it happen to people. I definitely have been those people at times growing up. Uh, and I am happy that you have outlets to kind of work your way through it because it's very tough. Um, I have dealt with grief very early on in life. So it's uh, it's an, just another old hat that I wear. It's why I have a cool mustache now. Uh, I just <laughs> I I curl it in the tears of I curl my mustache in my tears pretty much all the time. The the salt helps, but yeah, man, that's that is so tough. Um, I have I'll add you to the dog list. I just send a bunch of dog memes to people in videos. Oh, thank and like you. every every time I see one, I'm just like, Oh, I miss all my dogs. Should I get a dog? And then I have to talk to I want a dog. Of- like we have never yeah. we, we're allowed to have pets here. I know mm-hmm. David has a puppy at home and I see he, he sent me a photo of her yesterday and I was like, Oh my gosh, like do we need a dog here in this here house? I don't know if it would be something that would happen like in the next six months or whatever, but like eventually we're definitely gonna have a puppy yeah. running around here for sure. My dad's uh, okay. Let me get a year yearly kind. Uh, so 2022, my dad's dog had puppies. 2023, one of those puppies had puppies. So he's got puppies right now at his house. They're like oh. two months old, I think. Three months old. Oh no, they're less than less than less than two months old. So I went over there last way last Tuesday a week ago and helped um, feed him while he was out of town, fed him, t- took him all for walks. He's got four big dogs and there are four puppies now. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I want one so bad. And he sent me a message and he's like, hey, you want a puppy? And I was like, yeah, but I can't afford it, nor do I have the time to raise a pit yeah. puppy. Because that is a whole It's a huge a commitment. It's a huge yeah. commitment, right? Like it's your bring in your it's another being that you've got to take care of you got to be mm-hmm. home you got to uh feed the thing make sure the things live in make sure the things getting good exercise like you don't just want to have it you want to like make sure this dog has such a great has a good life and uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing but it's um it's funny we we it's we become so attached to these little furry friends of ours, right? And then it's they don't train you for what's going to happen at the end, which is very sad. But it's all part of the whole experience, and mm-hmm. you give them the best life you can. And yeah, they they always remember you, and you'll always remember them. 
Absolutely. Uh, I definitely struggled with the Tamagotchis growing up. So I know a living, Ooh. breathing head is going to be tough too. How, do, do you have plants in the house? Like, do, can you at least keep no. them alive? No? <laughs> okay. <do> <laughs> you mean I have to You're give literally it keeping you alive. You could, yeah. I, dude, I, you, have, you have no idea. It is tough. Some Like, I couldn't fall asleep last night and I had to be up at like five today. I fell asleep around midnight because of Ahsoka. Mind you, Ahsoka premieres at eight here. So I stayed up for three hours laying in bed, tossing and turning, trying to go to bed. It was not a fun evening. I mean, it was great. It was a fun evening. It was not fun time falling asleep. But yeah, um, you know, everybody just send us your dog stories, like your favorite pet, your favorite memory. Uh, one of mine is racing in a go-kart. My uh, one of the dachshunds we had full size. And that little some bitch could run 22 miles an hour and we would race and he would always beat the go-kart because I had a governor on it or uh, I, I might call it a governor. I never remember, but like I could only go up to 20 miles an hour. So he always beat me. And I was just like, this ain't right. It's because we took left turns. That's a NASCAR joke. Shoot me in the face with a laser beam. You're talking about attachment. And all I could think about was, <laughs> you know, who wasn't super great with attachment? That old, that old air Anakin Skywalker. And you're right. They don't teach us about attachment. But you know who's pretty good at dealing with attachment? Ahsoka. So we're going to dive right on into. I'm skipping the Rebel Report, Klein. Lando's a movie. Wow. That's all we know. <laughs> Talk to me when the strikes are over. <laughs> Uh, we're going to dive into episode six of Ahsoka. Jedi. Ahsoka is Jedi. Episode six of Ahsoka. Episode six of eight. Two more of these. Can you believe it? Two thirds of the way through. No, three quarters of the way through this thing. Thomas, it has happened. It is done. It is over. 49 minutes long, including credits. What did you think of episode six in what's it? What was it called? Far, far away. Yes. <laughs> he almost said the thing. I, I really enjoyed it. I just hopped off a rewatch. Um, I guess that'd be like 30 minutes ago as we were getting all set up. I ended right about the five o'clock hour central standard time, time of recording. Now you're getting behind the scenes, looking to the past folks, but I, don't actually i've i've listened to other people and they have their complaints here and there and i don't have many uh i felt you? the pacing what you me no I, <laughs> I i i mean like everyone's the biggest thing i've heard is like the pacing and a reunion and i'm like okay so i watched it and i think the pacing is perfect it is slow uh, it's a step down of adrenaline that we had last week for sure. But I feel like the growth of the plot as well as character exploration is very cool, uh, is very well done. Talking about Balin Skull, fucking MVP of the series right now. Ray Stevenson is crushing it. I want to marry Shin Hadi. Um, <laughs> she is and- a Shin Hadi in your mind. Hey, I was going to let you take that victory lap. Um, and uh, the dynamic between the two is super. All right, 
in terms of like new stuff, because we know Thrawn, Sabine, and uh, Thrawn and Sabine are like my goats of everything for this series. It's the only reason I was watching this series in the first place. They're my favorite thing, Balin and Shin. Like the dynamic between them is fascinating, and I am kind of more intrigued about that than anything else. And I guess it's because it's new. And we know nothing of them, and it's nothing more than mystery, and everything they say is character building and world building, and we're in a whole new place now, and that's so exciting. Um, I have notes, you know, that I kind of took for this episode. I might drop some of these little nuggets here and there, but Thrawn comes yeah home. there's i was waiting i'm like how and long can we go before you mention your big blue I, boy you got I it know. like this is your week this is my week so uh i was worried about what we might get in this episode and then as soon as we jump uh, and uh end up on basically i think it's we open on sabine on the ship or whatever and i'm like oh baby we're doing it and then it's like, we're landing. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're literally doing it in the middle of this episode. Um, and it happens. And the thing that everybody knows, you listen to this up, this show, I was worried about the voice. The voice is perfect, to say the least. Um, it is it's it is slightly different than the animation, but it's different in a way that works for live action. But it's so close to a blend between the animation and the the audiobooks believe it or not that it's like that is perfect for grand animal throng it fits the way he looks in live action which is important um the the i mean lars mickelson dude is crushing it the lack of facial expressions when somebody says or does something really dumb or questioning his authority um looking at you morgan elizabeth uh is just straight up like couldn't be the biggest piece. Of, it couldn't be the dumbest motherfucker in the room, could you? But I'm going to be very kind about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's my big blue boy. Um, I really wish Jack was here. I wanted to hear his thoughts on the mannerisms he felt didn't work. But uh, that's okay. I'll just argue with him via text and maybe we'll post it on the Twitter account. <laughs> Klein. <laughs> expose the I, I'm not, yeah, we'll expose the DMs. How you feeling? What were your feelings and thoughts on this here far, far away? Are they far, far away thoughts? I think that this is um, a third week in a row of just like straight banger. Like this, I obviously you said a lot slower than the last two weeks. We like last week was just like fan service and tears. And the week before was tension and, and building to action. And then ultimately ending on the Anakin reveal was like so big. But like this to me felt I said a couple times as I was watching, it felt so inherently Star Wars. This like really, really felt, yes, it was a little slower and extended maybe more than we would have gotten in a movie, but like this felt like the, like, I don't know, middle third of a Star Wars film where like you are exploring, like I love exploring yeah. these planets and seeing these new things. And yet everything felt so different or everything did feel different because they are in this new galaxy and it is technically a different place than we've been hanging out in for the last, since, well, 1977 in the same galaxy over and over again. Um, but 
it also felt so inherently Star Wars, meeting these new creatures, meeting, seeing the architecture, seeing the way that this world looks and breathes and lives. It feels so Star Wars to me. Of course, it is slower, but I still had moments that I really liked. I thought there was enough action to kind of keep me hooked. I was really interested in the character dynamics. As you said, Balin Skull and Shin Hadi, Shin Hadi, Shin Hadi are the, um, I think, the biggest surprises of the series for me. It's Ray Stevenson is just like on another level uh, doing this. And it's a shame that he sadly passed before this. Could, I saw someone tweet out today. How great would he be for like an old man, like Dark Knight Returns Batman? And I was like, yes, like that oh, sounds yeah. he would have been amazing. Um, But we're getting this here. And I think this to me is obviously we had the last two kind of rises and rises and rises. This is this was going to be a slower episode. We've got two more. They're go. I think they're going to be do another basically like big. I don't know. Think of this as like the respite, and we're going to go back into the sprint for the next two weeks. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. When we look at the show in totality, I think that this episode will be fine. It's just right now coming off of what we just had does feel a little slow i still really enjoyed it i think i finished last night and i was like was that my favorite it's definitely one of my favorite episodes um just because i do love the world building that's what i love about star mm-hmm. wars the mystery and um the the throne of it all was fun i i like lars mickelson uh but yeah i thought it was really good it is a very solid episode of star wars tv which we haven't got too many of um yeah it's in- either elite or okay and then this is like you know what this is actually yeah this is great i i'm honestly like this is it's great it's really solid like it it's this is on the level at least of the first couple episodes of the series which we were very high on like this to me yes this show continues to do a really great job of just like building out this star Wars world and telling a really interesting story and wearing its inspirations on its sleeve. Like this is like, this is a samurai story and that's what star Wars has like kind of always been inspired by, but like Ahsoka Mm. to me feels the most samurai that we've ever gotten. And like, there's just straight up in this episode, like straight up callbacks to samurai media and Akira Kurosawa films and stuff like that. So it, I really enjoyed episode six, but we can get into the details now. Go beat by beat, plot for plot, and share our thoughts as we go. Okay, here we go. Episode six, far, far away. I like to start every one of these with a quote, and this week's quote is, this is a land of dreams and madness. This Balin Skull guy, Thomas, I think he needs to be hanging out with, oh my goodness, the other Mickelson from from Andor. What's his name? I sleep with ghosts and I dream of ghosts and nightmares. That's, What's that? Is not a Mickelson. That's a Skarsgård. A Skarsgård. Oh my goodness! You're right. Yes, Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. What was the Andor character's name? I'm like, uh, I can't believe Luthen, I'm blanking on this. Luthen Rail. Luthen. Yes, these Balin Skull and Luthen would get along with these like oh, wait, very wait, cryptic. On. Do you think they know each other? I don't know. Maybe. Probably there's not. An op- there's a chance. Man, we okay, could have open this story. 
We open this episode in hyperspace. We are in the whales. Ahsoka and Huyang are reminiscing over learning about the Purgle back in the day and the Jedi Temple. It was very cute. Ahsoka's telling or Huyang, like basically they're going back and forth saying it's from this story, no, not that story, blah, 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 blah. And Ahsoka tells Huyang, Sabine went to the enemy willingly. She didn't tell Hera this, but she's now telling Huyang what she felt when she touched the piece of the map at the end of the last episode. Huyang tells Ahsoka that perhaps Sabine going with the baddies was the only choice, that she was fated to make this choice. And Ahsoka, she goes, you know what, Huyang? I think it is time for a story. And he says the thing. Huyang goes, okay, here we go. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Boom, cut to black title card. So cool. It's so cheesy and it's so on the nose. But I like, I had chills. I was like, this is amazing. Just to to hear those words actually said in a Star Wars property was very cool. I can imagine you as well were like kind of freaking out. It's it is so heavy handed. Like it is so on the nose and so just like just a cheap one. But like, I don't know. Sometimes you got to get you got to hit for these singles and you can't always be home runs, I guess. I don't, like yeah. it's just well, it was amazing. It they set it up so perfectly because it's like, ah, yes, the history of the galaxy parts one, two and three part one. And then she's like, yeah, part one is the best one that I remember. Um, and so you know, reminder, Huyang is 25,000 years old. He's as old as the Jedi Order. He was made, uh, shout out to Mike from Genuine Chit Chat. He brought this up when I was on his episode. Uh, the Star Wars Timelines book starts at Dawn of the Jedi, says the Jedi Order was created. And the very first blip after that is five years later when Huyang is created. Um, to the old. I, th- yeah. He an old hat boy. So that's a great opportunity to just be like, wow. So he knows like a lot of this history and he already knows about the. He knew about the pathway to Peridia and uh, talked about that many times. And it's like, oh, I remember this from your stories. And that's the whole thing. Oh, it's stories. It's stories. It's stories. Balin Skull says it. So for him to just start with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away was totally set up. And then it also is like, hey, by the way, we're not going to be in our galaxy for this story. So like, get ready. It's the same way that he sets it up for her. He's setting up for us. And it's how it was set up for us in the very beginning of Star Wars. And in my opinion, this episode could count as like a pilot. This is kind of a pilot starter premiere episode of something entirely new because it feels different. Like this, it's same, same, but different than the rest of Ahsoka so far. And it's like, we've recapped, we've gotten our characters to where they need to be. And now it's like, and we go. And it just really feels like what we've seen before this moment in Ahsoka is a prologue. And now we are in the thick of it. Right With back in the thick of things. On- so from, from the title card, we open up on Sabine. She is in cuffs on Morgan's ship. Uh, she's more of a prisoner than maybe we had seen when she went with them it kind of felt like maybe she was going to hang out no she's a prisoner she's all cuffed up she talks to Balin through the door of her cell saying hey what's going on why am i imprisoned i thought you were we, we had a deal basically she reminds him that he promised that she would see ezra and Balin. he simply walks away uh then arriving on the bridge 
Balin explains that he thinks Sabine could be of use to them, to Morgan and Shin. The Eye of Scion, then it does the thing. It pops out of hyperspace. I'm surprised oh, yeah. we got here this quickly, and I'm happy we did. They are in um, orbit of a planet called Peridia, the ancient home of the Dothmiri. And this is the end of the Purgal migration path with some of the coolest imagery I've seen in Star Wars in a long time. This is where the Purgal come to die. Peridia is a Purgal graveyard. You see a ring around the planet as they kind mm-hmm. of pop in. And as they get closer, yeah. you begin to realize that, that ring is not made of rocks. It is not made of comets. It is made of purgle bones, which is sick. A literal whale graveyard. Yeah. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the hyperspace and how it looks different. There is actually a reference in a High Republic book. That's right, baby. We're going back to the High Republic. Uh, The Nihil travel amongst the stars via a different um, a different version of hyperspace it's not the traditional hyperspace lanes it's kind of created in side pathways uh, and they describe it as not your normal blue swirl but with extra colors um, like it's a kaleidoscope of colors at times bordering on rainbow and when it's they're going through that I'm like wow it's like the rainbow bridge and then I'm like wow it's 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 just like the high it's Republic. like the rainbow bridge <laughs> Yeah, the Patton Oswalt oh. thing's coming true. <laughs> We're doing it. Uh, well, he, hey, hey, oh, hey, 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 it's possible. <laughs> Anything is possible if you put your heart, if you think about it hard enough, Thomas. Thank From you, there, Claude Sabine, Garnett. Morgan, Balin, and Shin, they head down to the surface of Peridia. It looks, I'll just give you a little glimpse into my world here. It looks kind of like where I live, just with a whole lot more humidity. These kind of dry looking valleys with fog and brown. And that's basically, it's, I, it's the Okanagan Valley. Uh, that's where I am. Um, the baddies good. and Sabine, they land and they come across three Night Sisters who look great. We haven't seen Night Sisters in live action yet. Mm-hmm. These Night Sisters look fantastic another animation a live action win for dave filoni and the filoni team great job they then go what's that smell jedi it's not ahsoka it's sabine they're like no 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 even sabine's like jedi uh uh-uh and they tie her up with the things that i just finished playing marvel spider-man again and silver silver sable shows up near the end of that game and they kind of they can shoot you with these ropes these electrified ropes and you get stuck in them and that's kind of what this looks like. They throw their weird, mysterious balls at her. They wrap around her. She is now imprisoned. From there, Morgan goes, okay, I'm out. I don't know where she goes. She just disappears for a little bit. And then she pops back up a few minutes later. But she disappears. Balin and Shin have a good kind of Jedi exposition hour. They talk about things. Balin was told stories of this galaxy when he was training to be a Jedi. He tells Shin about his experience living through Order 66, what that was like. And he tells her, as you get older, you start to see history repeating itself. The Jedi were there at their height. They fell. Empire came, went to its height. It fell. And I out loud was like, the New Republic, it's going to build and it's going to fall. First order. Like, it's just, it's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. So he wants to break that cycle and seems to think he can do it here on Peridia. From there, we jump to another cell. Sabine is in it. She is frustrated. She tries forcing again. The wall starts to shake. Oh my gosh, is it happening, Thomas? She's going to burst out of her confines and get out of here. 
Uh-uh. Awesome. Uh, instead, it is a Star Destroyer flying over top. You kind of see it duck out over the window. I thought that was a really nice touch because in the ship earlier, she says, at least you could have given me a cell with a window. This cell yeah. has a window. Um, and she's oh, looking out and yeah. the big Star Destroyer comes in over top. It lands at the top of this temple, kind of sticks its butt right on top of the temple. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and a whole <laughs> regiment of stormtroopers storm come up. They look sick as hell. They're stormtroopers with like armor that looks like it's been like mended so it's got these kind of lines all over it like a uh like traditional japanese broken like vase would have and we meet enoch who is this captain and he's Mm -hmm. got a cap he's got a weird different stormtrooper helmet with a gold face he looks cool as hell and then thomas it happens mr blue sky himself comes down he's walking he's looking and who is it thomas who is it what is his name grand admiral mithra nirodo of the galactic empire he is there lars mickelson is there blue face red eyes a little bit chubbier than i had imagined um thrawn looking well he is 65 i I guess yeah you're right and he's been living on this planet what's he's just Maybe he's eating these turtle people that we're going to meet in a little bit. I don't know. He's he was looking. Oh. He's very slim. Everything's really slim in the rebels world. But yeah, not it as was also ten. It's, it's ten years. So, um, Thrawn talks of a cargo transfer that he is going to perform. He thanks Morgan's for coming. He's basically like, "You did it. Thanks, bud. High fives all around. Boom, 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 boom." But we need to give the Night Sisters something. We don't really know what, but it is a cargo oh. transfer. They call it. Do you have any ideas what it could be? Looks like a lot of dead bodies to Thomas. That's what I thought too. Like these weird, like, uh, do they want to reanimate these things as Night Sisters do and create like yeah. an army here? That's kind of what I was. If thinking. So, what do they need an army for? What are they fighting? It's just, just sort of seems to be them. I don't know. Maybe um, they're trying to re, like, recreate the Dathomiri power inside the galaxy after the purge. Uh, that general stupid grievous butt face. Uh, did he he hurt my girl Ventress you know what I'm saying he hurt her heart he did he did uh, Thrawn meets Balin he remembers Balin he goes ah I remember you which is very good and then Sabine is mentioned and he goes she'll be of great use to us yes I remember that name that's a really good moment too and he remembers Sabine he's like ah uh, familiar with that name as well name? Um. then Thrawn I said Thrawn meets Thrawn Thrawn meets Sabine. (laughs) So they bring out Sabine. (laughs) She goes, where the heck is Ezra? And that's what I'm also thinking. Where the heck is Ezra? Both of you guys were transported here. Forgot that they were transported in the Chimera. Like that the ship was all there. And I guess stormtroopers are there as well. But Thrawn kind of tells her, we don't really know. He hasn't been heard of from for a while. We have intel on where he might be. So you know what? We're going to honor the deal that Balin gave you. We're going to give you some provisions. We're going to give you a mount, the latest intel of where he could possibly be, and we're going to send you on your way. And then kind of tells Balin and everyone behind her back, like, you know what? Like, if we have to leave her, we have to leave her. But he's also like kind of just like, he's. I'm honoring the deal. You guys got here? I'm honoring the deal. Now, before... Sabine goes out onto her adventure. Thomas, do you want to jump in and talk about anything from the last few minutes here? <laughs> do I? I have a list of things 
to dive into. Okay, so the reason I thought that Sabine was utilizing the Force uh, was because the sound of the Force, at least from the Great Mothers, as they call them, it sounds different in this galaxy than does in our standard, we'll call it our basic galaxy. Nice. You see what I did there with the language of Star Wars? Uh, it sounds a lot more bassy here. Like she literally is like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, uh, I don't know if she's channeling it at all though. Do you think she's well, actually just, channeling it? Well, it's not just that because like she like has that, that sound happens. And then the, when the balls move, it's the same sound. And then when they engage and start moving, it's the same sound. It's like the same. It reminds me of shit. Kylo Ren, like some of the sound effects for Kylo Ren when he tries to pull info out of head. So maybe it's a dark side sound, but it does sound different than our standard, uh, audio cue that we have. Um, the Paradia Temple looks just like a Jedi Temple. I don't know why, but it does to my brain. When Balin's skull is it, it, it's funny you say Jedi Temple. It reminds me a lot of um I forget the name of the fortress, but it, of Vader's fortress on Mustafar. Ooh, yeah, it actually, yeah. What is the what is that fortress called? Like vader's fortress baby just vader's fortress it doesn't have I a cool don't. like fortress it inquisitorious does. like the no, inquisitor one does it might be just castle vader but it's called castle something um so while balin is like citing the history the fall of the jedi the rise of the empire repeating a cycle fortress cycles, vader cycles. fortress vader okay yeah that sounds dope uh there are wolves in the background howling uh, i think it's just the howlers howling uh yeah. which is reminds me of the Norse mythology that I've seen around where Balin skull is a wolf and Shinha skull and Hati. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they run around the sun when they stop. It means the end of the world. It means Ragnarok. It, it means Ragnarok and they're running right now and they want to end this cycle. What is Ragnarok? Nothing more than a cycle. But I also think that because of what he says, you look at history. I wonder if he's kind of giving advice or like it's like a wink and a nod to the fans like hey the old republic it fell the high republic it kind of fell the what we now call the old republic in this era would be you know after the empire started they called the republic uh the galactic republic that was the old republic now we have the new republic all that shit it's just a cycle so it's really beautiful that he's basically teeing us up for 25,000 years of storytelling that we can go back to um and it really he he mentions that he the the power he seeks is based in uh, as long as the stories are true, it is based on Peridia. So there's something that he's heard about that's on Peridia or Peridia. I change it every time I say the word, um, which is very fascinating, which we'll dive into a little bit more later because I question some of the stuff Shin does, but when Thrawn shows up, well, I'm going to jump ahead really quick. Sabine versus Thrawn is my favorite scene in this entire show or uh, episode because they're my two faves and just watching them go toe to toe was awesome for my fanboy heart. But when Thrawn comes in, man, you want to talk about a fucking entrance, right? We got zombie night trooper. They're called night troopers on the captions, by the way, you know what that means? It means they're fucking zombies which means not all of them are truly alive. I think if they if they have gold and 
red bands on them, I think they are zombies. I think they're dead on the inside. I think they're just merricked together, if you will. Um, and Enoch is, if I'm not mistaken, Captain Enoch is from the books, the Empire books. He's the lead of his squadron. Um, he does have a really interesting voice in the books that's similar to that, but and by I'm talking audiobooks, but at the same time, he sounds a lot more Merrick than Stormtrooper at this point. So I am assuming he died. And I think that they're going to base the for uh, the first order Stormtroopers off of his helmet because it's kind of really given that samurai energy, which I think is a really cool look ahead. But uh, they're all chanting Thrawn. Like they are that devoted to him, just like and you were. You're fucking a right. I was. I saw it pop up Thrawn, and I was like Thrawn, 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 Thrawn. Yes, he's absolutely perfect. Um, and I am fascinated by the way that he. <clears throat> let me try that again. Fascinated by the way that he entered the scene and commanded the room. What the fuck is the deal with him and the uh, great mothers? We'll we'll see a little bit more later, but I want to pin that question because that is a question I got going for the rest of this series because I need to know more. Um, where did you stop right before we go on our trip? Right, I, right before they send Sabine off. Yeah. So Thrawn is the way that Thrawn is written now. He's done a couple of things where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's evil Thrawn from Heir to the Empire trilogy. But then he has moments where I'm like, no, he's Thrawn from Rebels still. And he's still Thrawn from the books where he's a lot more gracious with things. Um, he's not. I mean, obviously, it's written from his point of view where he's the main. I don't protagonist. know if he's gracious as much as he's calculating where it's he he is not he is not being evil just for the sake of being evil. He's like taking calculated, like letting Sabine go is a calculated risk that he knows that he has the advantage of. And he's just like, we like, I can oh. do this and I don't need to be like, I can, I can make, I can make, let her go. And it's not going to be too much of a worry for me. Like we got this unlocked. Uh, yeah. I don't really consider that gracious either. Like I'm looking at that as him going, well, I'll get her out of my hair for now and I can do what I need to do. And hopefully they can sit here and rot to hell. Um, it's more of the way that everybody is now dispensable. Something that wasn't prevalent in the books. Everyone was necessary. Um, but you, I, I feel like you can tell that 10 years stuck on this rock makes him uh, has made him go a little bit mad. Um, which is going to lean into a little bit more of his authoritarian power going forward. Um, as he mentioned about, you know, uh, later on in the episode, it's like Balin Skull was a Jedi. Therefore, we must assume he was, he is flawed. And it's like, yeah, no, he's no longer looking at everyone like, oh, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's like he's a literal expendable uh, component of this. And at this point, I don't even care about him. I only care about my needs, my wants, and getting back from here to the galaxy I love. There's a part of me questioning whether or not some of that so he can check in on the Chiss Ascendancy. 
um, because he always did what he wanted to for that. Uh, But then it's also like, well, he wants to get out of there. And we were wondering how he was contact, like how he and what's her nuts, uh, Morgan Elsbeth were communicating. And now we know it's the great mothers speaking through visions and dreams, utilizing another part of the force that we never really completely understood. Uh, real quick, Baton passed to you. Do you think we're going to learn more about this? Uh, the way that the visions and dark magic work on that alone? That's an int- that's a very interesting question. And the quick answer I would say is probably yes. We're going to get a little more info seeing as where we go in this episode. Like at the end, we have Thrawn yeah. basically say like, we're going to like employ your black magic for me and like, let's figure this out. I have a feeling we're going to get a little bit more, but Dave Filoni is really good at just like, he's good at explaining little things and, sh- and pulling the curtain back just enough for us to go, oh, I like that, but now I also want to know more. Whereas yeah. George, is, as George went on and did his thing with the prequels, it was a lot of, let's just answer as many questions as we can. Dave Filoni still, he still likes to play in that mystery and he thinks that mystery is still a part of Star Wars. So we're going to get some for sure. We have to uh, because of where this episode ends. But I wouldn't think we're going to be able to write a textbook on it by the end of this series. That's fair. I'm ready to. I think I've talked myself out of this section. Let's uh, let's. Where does Sabine go, man? Also, can we get a howler? I want a howler. They seem kind of. They seem cuter than they appear. They're very weird. Uh, so speaking of howlers, they send Sabine on her way with this platypus wolf thing known as a howler. It has a weird bill, but it's also a dog. It's very weird. Um, they say die well which is so cool as they send her on her way shin and balin is going are going to follow her and if sabine finds ezra they are to destroy them both in the wild sabine's howler comes to a stop all of a sudden they are not alone she gets shot out of the blue falls off the howler howler immediately bolts a whole group of weird armored kind of tuscan raider like things bandits they go at her then she pulls out the lightsaber and schools these fools. She, I, I'd forgotten. Sabine Wren, pretty good with a lightsaber. Pretty it's been good. a couple of weeks. She, defla- <laughs> she deflected it a blaster yeah. bolt, which really caught me off guard, actually. Made me yeah, question if she is Force-sensitive. She's insane. Sabine Wren, super cool. I love her. We go back Can to Thrawn. He's put a ring on it? No. <laughs> you can put a ring on it. It's Thomas. That's what I mean. That's what I want. Tron is um, not super worried about potentially leaving Sabine, Ezra, Shin, and Balin behind. This is where we get that moment you were talking about where he's like, Balin was a Jedi. He must be flawed. And so he's he is kind of like, we're getting out of here and I don't really care who comes with me. It's just we have the technology to go now, so I'm going. Uh, Sabine gets pissed after the fight at her platypus dog, her howler. He gives her the cutest doggy eyes. And I'm like, why am I? This thing is ugly, but why am I now immediately attached to it? She wanders <laughs> off. The howler follows. The howler then smells something <gasps> that when Sabine back, she goes, what could it be? Could it be Ezra? He walks up to a weird rock after drinking from a puddle, which I thought was funny because she like, oh, you were just thirsty, were you? No. He walks up to a weird rock. And Thomas, that is when we meet my new favorite aliens in the entire Star Wars galaxy, the Naughty. This is not a rock. This rock stands up. Toto. It 
it is a weird little turtle crab man wearing like Victorian era sailor's griefs is what it looks like he's wearing fatigues it's absolutely bizarre is this little naughty is the name that they give this one little n then recognizes the kind of rebel crest that sabine is wearing he has one as well which is very interesting and she goes wait what do you know ezra 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 and they don't speak the language they speak an amazingly cute adorable native language to prettia i guess Pridian or naughty uh whatever that language may be he then calls his friends and all the rocks around her stand up and they're all wearing these cute little sailor's clothes for some weird reason. I love them very much. And they do know, or they do not Sabine. They know Ezra. They actually say Ezra Bridger in their weird yeah. little voices, which is adorable. Yeah, I love it. Um, we then go back to Balin and Shin. They're hot on Sabine's trail. Shin wonders if Balin knew Ezra. He did not. Shin asks if Balin misses the order. He also does not. And they come across some bandits as well. And they say, they they basically insinuate that they might try to use them to hunt Sabine. Also, Thomas, I want to quickly yes. mention, and then we will we'll chat here. I want to ask you. Yes. I didn't feel like this at all in any of the past episodes. But we get little hints of it. And this sequence here with Shin is kind of the biggest example of it. Is Shin gonna flip? Klein, you son of a bitch. That's exactly what I have in my notes. I, cause when she starts, when they get there, no, it, it really starts when they mention, when he says, it's a graveyard. Peridia is a graveyard. And she literally looks at him like, what the fuck are we doing here? Why are we going to a graveyard to start this new power that you want? Um, and I'm so intrigued about like her energy this whole episode. She's been following. She's a good soldier. And then all of a sudden, she's Anakin Skywalkering the fuck out right now with all these questions. And like, I don't understand what you're doing. It's the did you do you miss the order question that I'm like, OK, like, yeah, that's where's this coming from? I guess you're curious and a lot has happened. You're like mm-hmm. in a completely different place and you've seen some things now, but I am sitting here going, are they going to like, are they going to flip her? And if they do, yeah. I don't know how satisfying I like how satisfied I would be with that. I don't know how satisfying that would ultimately be just because it does feel. I almost felt more like Ray would flip. They're not Ray. Ray Stevenson. I almost felt, thought more if one of them were to like flip to the other side, Balin would. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, she, to me, felt very mwahaha, I'm a bad guy. But I think it's just she was following orders. I want to know her relation with Merrick, Marat, because after that, like she seemed troubled by that. Almost as what if... Mean her relation? He was a good zombie. Exactly. That's what I mean. Did she not know that? Like, There's oh, a chance maybe. she didn't know that. And when she found it out, it's like, Maybe she oh. felt fall in love with this husk of a human being. Maybe, maybe. Hey, I've heard of weirdest <laughs> things, you know. Um, in this section, though, there's some great back and forth. Um, the uh, he says Ezra Bridger was a breed of Boken Jedi trained in the wild after the temple fell, and she's like, like me. No, you. No, oh, I trained you, you are to better? be something more. No, yeah. I, he said, I trained you to be something more. Um, and then when asked about missing the Jedi order, he says, I missed the idea of it. 
not the truth and weakness. Um, and then later on, she's like, and you see the power here, a future here in this graveyard. And he goes, they're even they're leaving. And he's, you know, perhaps they flee uh, a power greater than their own. And it's like, wow. And for this whole episode, she's just 100% not about it with him. And I'm really intrigued. I need to go talk to Adam Blevins off of um, Agents of Fandom and double check what he's talked about before. But like one of them is supposed to turn on the other and eat the other, if I'm not mistaken, in Norse mythology. Like they chase the sun and moon, but eventually one of them turns and does the opposite. And that's what starts Ragnarok. So I'm wondering if they're going to be doing this whole thing. And uh, she seemed very upset when it was like, I thought you said we were going to honor our deal. And he's like, I said we were going to get her there. And he's starting to just be like, well, I said this and now we're doing this. I said this and now we're doing this. And she's just like, this is not, this ain't it. (laughs) This ain't it, chief. All right, boomer. This ain't it. I don't want it. I got (laughs) to, you like that? You like that? Kirk Cousins, uh, I honestly really, I'm really starting to love Shinhati. It's it's starting to flip for me where I'm like, what the fuck's going on with Balin? Before it's like I just love him, and what the fuck's going on with Shin? And now at the the fulcrum of last week, Klein has not just flipped Ahsoka; it's flipped everything on its head. So now I'm like, wh- like why, why, why do I like the people I hated before the fulcrum, and why do I hate the people I love before the fulcrum? And it's going to be very interesting to see where we go. Over under, uh, I don't know how to over under that actually. I gotta make odds for overs unders, right? Uh, not really. Oh. You could you pick a number and you ask me to say over or under, uh, over under seven. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. That was the part I was like, over under, seven I, was like, what? Really... <laughs> I don't know. Um, Okay, so let me let me rephrase the question because I clearly don't work in Vegas to make odds here. With should Shin Hati flip on Balin, where does her story go in relation to our rebels crew? I think it ends in this series. I could see a flip happening, but I could see it being like a sacrificial flip. I am so tired of that. No, that is. I, I know. don't. I don't exactly want it. I don't, I don't want, want her to flip. I'm curious about both of them and where they ultimately okay. end up in the series. And I have what what their story is, how they got here, why they're there, what okay. are they looking for. The more I um, the more I think about it, coming into the series, I was kind of, and I was going to save it to the end, but I'll bring it up now. Coming into the series, I kind of thought I had an idea of where we were going to go. We were going to start with Ahsoka, Sabine, get the crew back together. Okay, we need to go get Thrawn and Ezra. Boom, we pop out over there. And then I thought we would have a decent amount of the series. Maybe not a decent amount, but a fair bit back in, I guess, Star Wars Galaxy Ah, Prime. Okay. I'm starting to think that we won't have like we might have only a couple minutes of it. Like the series may end with them popping back into hyperspace. Mm -hmm. 
um, or popping out of hyperspace into the galaxy and and that kind of being it or they pop in and it ending on kind of a hey maybe we've we've thrawn has suffered a minor defeat now but he's back in the galaxy and we get to see glimpses of like mon mothma and these people like reacting to that news but what do you think yeah. do you, how much of star wars galaxy prime we'll call it do you see the rest of this series inhabiting i don't think other than like send-offs to hera which at this point i don't even know how they can make that work narratively um because like it made sense the way that we were jumping around all the stories or do up to a this point. question does the cast of ahsoka make it back to the galaxy prime by the end of the series i think that's the last i agree with you i think it's the last thing that happens um the only thing because next week so it took them an entire episode to travel to Peridia. So now we've had another entire episode. So Ahsoka is going to show up next week. Then that's going to cause discourse. I think that doesn't happen until middle of the episode. I don't know why, but I feel like if she shows up too early, then it just it, it kerfluffles everything. Then again, she could show up at the end and we find out that the whales travel slower, which is something that I talked about last week on Genuine Chit Chat. But I don't think we get very much of our main characters, Sabine, Ezra, spoiler alert, uh, Ahsoka, Huyang, Balin, Shin. I don't think we get much of any of them in Galaxy, in, in our in Galaxy Basic, as I'm calling it, um, at all. Maybe the very, very end of the series where they like have the resolution where Thrawn and them go to stop this stuff. And it's like Grand Admiral Thrawn is back. And it's like, oh, well, guess what? You brought him here. That's the that is my uh, New Republic voice, by the way. But my thing with Shin Hati is. There's a theory out there, been going for a while, that she's like the replacement for Mara Jade in the story. And there's a very good chance that that still lines up. She can flip on Balin, go out on her own, be her own little mercenary. But Thrawn could go throw a stone and pull her back in. And she could be utilized as a perfect... I don't want to use fulcrum again, but like a fulcrum for the bad guys. Oh, I know you killed your master. So why don't you go do this? I hope that she would join the cause because then Ahsoka would then have a young Padawan and an older Padawan. And then Sabine's like, great. You don't need me. I don't have the force anyway. I'm going to go to Mandalore and rule with the dark saber. Oh, sad. We had to break the dark saber. But there was a there was a point to this, and I lost it. Uh, so I'm just gonna use my rubber and erase it out of existence. Uh, I love you, Clint. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll finish up this episode or the Ahsoka episode. Um, from here, the turtle people kind of take Sabine to their village. Kevin Kiner's music here is just, I want to shout it out because we've mentioned him, I think, every episode so far in this series. This is some of his best work. It is like John Williams, Steven Spielberg, 
esque whimsy in the Star Wars universe. Like it is so 1980s John Williams, and I'm just eating up every goddamn second of it. I loved it. And well, in this village, Ezra's there. He walks out. He has a beard. He looks fantastic. Long hair, Iman Esfandi. In his, I would say, proper live action debut as um yes. as Ezra, because like he was in the he was in the hologram earlier, obviously. But this is like the first real good luck that Flesh we got at him. Blood. He talks to Sabine. They he says, "I thought you'd come sooner," which is like just such a like so rebels. That's a lot of this felt super super rebels. This whole yeah. episode, they hug. It feels way more like brother and sister than it than i thought it would i thought Mm -hmm. immediately it would be like i love you or not i don't know just feel a little more like romantic um but these these very good friends obviously have missed each other a lot and we'll see where we go from there then we jump back to the star destroyer i have it described as the star destroyer with a butt plug because that's it it's just got this weird temple sticking out its rear um technically true, that's the does. loading dock it's not the rear yeah, I know. the rear it, but would it's be... in its tummy it's, i don't know put a baby <laughs> in its tummy the, the mothers <laughs> the mothers want to speak to thrawn they say that a jedi is headed by way of whale um they don't say that exactly but that is what's happening uh, a jedi approaches they say could it be the recently deceased ahsoka tano chills 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 because he is playing with them because they told him you can tell they told thrawn ahsoka's dead we killed her she fell off the cliff he knows better than that he knows this is Ahsoka. he knows who this is he says if a star whale approaches destroy it with prejudice they all kind of look like oh shit okay thrawn then asks the night sisters to employ their dark magic and that's it cut to black i wanted a little more I was left like this is one of the first episodes where I was like, what? It's over. Um, but it's this whole sequence here. Thrawn's terrifying. Yeah. Just full stop. He is one of the most terrifying characters in Star Wars. It's, he, that's what he is. He's cold. He's calculating. He's always four or five steps ahead of everyone else. And that's what scares you. And it's not he's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's just it is his mental fortitude. And that's the scary part. And this sequence here with him is just like chef's kiss. This is my highlight of Thrawn for the whole episode. But like, especially when he says, could it be the recently deceased Ahsoka Tano? Where he's just like poking him because he's like, I know you guys were you guys are full of shit. There's no way you killed Ahsoka. Uh, But yeah, what do you think of, I guess? Obviously, let's start with the Ezra Bridger of it all. Okay. <laughs> that reunion. How are you feeling, Mr. Rebels here, seeing your boy in live action? His eyes, the contacts are, they're working like 80%. I Like, they're fine. But he looks great. He looks fantastic. I, I enjoyed it. it. This was fun seeing them interact. Um, there is so much chemistry between the two like the two actors that it's hard to not just be like these two hot people they could have something here you stop um, you you watch where you're going with that <laughs> hey it's the actors man they're just they have great chemistry they're both very attractive so like that's that's when people like to ship when you have good chemistry and you're both attractive that's obviously what happens it's played very brother sister but it's super awkward after they hug 
Did you notice that? It is. There is like, like a. It's, it's playful. It's kind of flirty. Yeah. Like it's brother sister jab jab jab, and then they hug, and it's like, oh, like I am feeling the love right now. I'm feeling relieved. My heart is warm. And then they like go and they're like, ah, oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like asking her questions and she's like, can I just have it? And it's like, oh, honey, boo-boo chow. You need to tell him how bad you fucked up. Uh, he he kind of needs to know that his whole plan has gone to shit because Thrawn's about to leave, man. Um, and she's being a little selfish right now, which is fine. It's allowed. It's very Mando. But um, I really loved it. And it's just heartbreaking how he's like, thanks for coming. I can't wait to go home. And she's like, yeah, we'll how about that? Home. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that's when you tell him. Um, yeah. I heard some people say it was underwhelming to them. Um, and I'll, I'll jump to this at the very end, but I didn't find it underwhelming. I felt it to be perfect because he knew all along she was the key to coming to save him. He may not have seen everything else going around. Like I just said, his plan's gone to shit because she is letting Thrawn out. That is what the Force wanted. That is what the Force demanded because it showed him how to get Thrawn off the chessboard. But to get Ezra back on the chessboard, Thrawn also has to be brought back on the chessboard. It's a double feign, if you will, in a fight tactic. So to unfeign most of the time both have to attack. So both have to get back on the board and work with each other, or I guess in this case against each other, excuse me. Um, that is what is balanced. So I really love the way that this interaction went between Sabine and Ezra because of the force, because of him knowing, and uh, it, he's not going to be like, Oh my God. Like, oh, yeah. it's like, ah, finally, like, I know you'd be here, but like, man, did it have to take you so long? Like, come on. I was counting on you. Um, so did you find it underwhelming? How did you feel about it? No, it's funny that you say that you've heard that. I didn't think it was underwhelming at all. I thought that um, the I think the music did a lot of the heavy lifting here, which in a lot of these sort of moments it usually does. Kevin Kiner was going off with the score in this moment. I thought Iman Esfandi looked fantastic. I didn't find it underwhelming. The only way I could see it be underwhelming for people and come at me in the comments or whatever because of this is the last big character reveal that we've like really had in this series, last sort of moment we had like this was, I guess, Thrawn earlier in the episode, but some people saw that as underwhelming as well, was Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Okay. The only reason that I could see this being underwhelming is that we have never seen this actor be this character before. If this was animated and it was like an animated Ezra showing up, I don't know if people would find it as underwhelming. It's just I have a feeling that it has something to do with like, yes, it's Ezra and he's embodying that character, but it is a new look like it is a wholly new kind of character. It's it's not a new character, but it is a new character, if you know what I mean, right? It's. A yeah. new interpretation of that character. He's been gone from our story for 10 years. So over 10 years, people change. I'm not the same I was at 21. Are you the same you was 10 years ago? Pretty close. 
<laughs> so you've always been amazing. Than I did. <laughs> one less pancreas? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's a big change. It is big a big change. change. Um, I yeah, I don't, I don't see this as underwhelming. But I do want to get to this last little scene here between Thrawn and cutting to black, and where we go from here. What do you think of this? kind of final almost cliffhanging moment where it's like get me the black magic folks let's go all right now welcome to thor's library because there's a little bit of canon conflict here based on some books i'm not as hung up on it because i know like we were talking about thrawn is calculating um i think thrawn knows the answer to at least one of these questions but he seeks to know all things and it's not so much he knows it but when he doesn't have enough evidence to say it for sure he chooses not to reveal said information that is thrawn's mo 100 if he doesn't have I mean, jesus even at 75 percent expected level expected uh there's an over under if it's over 75 percent, he still doesn't express this as a fact he will just say I believe, and then X, Y, Z. In the book Thrawn Alliances, it's when he hangs out with good old his his good old buddy Darth Vader, and his good old buddy that he meets Heard during the Clone Wars, Anakin Skywalker. Heard of and him? It jumps. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I feel like we just saw those guys. Uh, can I just say, like, the fact that we got Vader, Anakin, and Thrawn within. I don't know, like 40 minutes of each other is like a dream come true for Thomas. So I saw like, something going around that like last week's episode really felt like the payoff for the Clone Wars fans. And this week's episode felt like the payoff for the Rebels fans. 100%. That's exactly how I felt. Um, like the first half, I would say the second half of last week was a lot of Rebels teeing up like in a way. Once the, I don't know, the end of last week was very much the end of Rebels with the Purgle and the music and the Pew, 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 into hyperspace. Um, but Thrawn asks, you know, um, get to me everything you can on Ahsoka Tano. A heritage, home world, a master, everything. And it's like, okay, a lot of people on Twitter, Chiss Twitter, as we call it, is like, they said he talked to, Thrawn, uh, talked to Timothy's on this, that, the other. They say his name. So, let me give you the background in the clone wars padme is mentioning what the marg sable is it is a tactic where you send a bunch of attacks one way feigning you know it's a it's it's the classic marg sable you feign one way by sending almost everything and then you sneak up from behind and attack from the rear it's it's classic 101 so i smell pizza sorry someone's cooking pizza in my house that's awesome uh I'm very hungry. <laughs> so. Your eyes just lit up, dude. <laughs> that little uh, fire inside of you. I was like, pepperoni. Uh, so in the book, Padme explains what the Mark Sable is and mentions like, oh, Anakin's Padawan used it and taught him that in uh, a battle a few years ago. Former Padawan, excuse me. By this point in the book, Ahsoka had already left. Then as she's explaining it, she mentions She's like, something, something, something. I don't know. But Ahsoka said it worked well. Thrawn is smart enough to connect that Ahsoka and former Padawan are likely the same thing. But he doesn't have enough clarifying information to guarantee it. So, therefore, it is mostly an assumption. And he does not like to express his assumptions. 
Kiss Twitter, baby, I feel you. I'm a little annoyed by the lack of it lining up with the colors and the rhyming. However, comma, trust me, he's playing a Marg Sable right now. He's telling Morgan Elsbeth, I don't know anything about Ahsoka Tano. Give me all the information you can. And then it's going to come back and she's going to be like, she was Anakin Skywalker's master. And he's going to be like, ah, I had a feeling that was the case. I met Anakin Skywalker back in the Clone Wars. And then he will give this backstory. And I, I don't think it'll actually happen, but it'll be enough to be like, ah, yes, her tactics make complete sense now. Anakin was a reckless Jedi. And then he might even drop the uh, drop the bombshell to some people who didn't know Anakin Skywalker was Darth Vader because Boom. he fucking knows that. Um, which gets me very excited for a potential conversation between Ahsoka and Thrawn to talk about Anakin and her master uh, and Vader and the differences between the two, um, as well as him talking to Balin Skull, because Balin Skull said not many lived long enough to see what he would become. So, like, I want to know what he's got to say to Ahsoka about that. And I think we're going to get at least one of those. So really quick to you. Before we jump to the black magic of it all, what, who do you think is most likely to have that conversation about Anakin and Vader with Ahsoka? Thrawn or Balin Skull? Hmm. Great podcasting. Yeah. I, I, oh, I asked and I was like, That's... oh, he's going to have an answer. And then you were just stumped. No. And I was like, I stumped Klein. I feel really good right now. You're hard you to know, stump. I think... Balin. Okay. Just because I have a f the way the series has been set up so far is that Balin is kind of Thrawn is the threat to the galaxy, but Balin is like the the antagonist. Balin is the foil to Ahsoka, if that Ooh, makes sense. Yeah. So Thrawn's this overarching antagonist, but like in the same way that like Darth Vader was the villain to Luke. And there was the emperor on top of that. Like that's sort of it. how I feel. Okay. Uh, about this, so I, I think it'll be Balin. I like that. Yeah, I like that I'm a lot. I'm going to say actually. Balin. That's great. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, good frame of reference to to pull that answer with. Uh, I actually agree. And while you were talking, I was thinking, what if Ahsoka gets there? And is like, I got to stop Thrawn and then feels in the force that there's something way more important for her to stop. And that's whatever Balin wants to do. Before we jump to the black magic, because I have a lot of question about that. I had a thought earlier about what Balin may be seeking. What if it's Bindu? Right? Maybe. Can, yeah. Mm. Because he, I don't know, was he actually physically there? There, that's a, yeah, right. That's a that's something that's really been hard to tell. It's part of the 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 mysticism of Bindu and the Force. You know, he's the one in the middle. So, like, what if he's there? Like, he fits in. He's a giant rock thing. And when I was watching today, and I saw a little little end pop up, I was like, ah, oh, it's like a mini Bindu. And then I was like, oh, Tits McGee. What if it is Bendu? Like that, I just don't know if Bindu. there's a way for them to make Bendu happen in live action and have it feel good. 
I I don't I listen. I don't know how they were going to make another galaxy fit into live action in right. Star Wars, and it felt good. But like in Filoni, we trust, baby. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So I'm just going to jump to it. I don't know how I feel about Thrawn seeking to employ the dark magic of the Night Sisters. Um, it seems as if I, I need to go back and like double check what the specific. What does he want to do is. with it? So, as we all know, uh, well, uh, Thrawn loves information. So, it seems like right now he's utilizing them to give him information. Um, uh, to, like, provide him with the information going forward. Because, here we go. I shall once again require the aid of your dark magic. Is exactly the line that he says. And then they say the threat of destiny demands it grand admiral. So what is he wanting? I'm assuming he just wants them to look into the future, which is something he loves to do with force users. He has Anakin do it. He asks about his ability to precept and anticipate attacks. He has Vader do it to the point that he has him navigate through hyperspace uh, via the force instead of utilizing a hyperspace map because he could find a faster route. And he does it with the Chiss Skywalkers in the Chiss Ascendancy trilogy by having them do the very, not just the same thing, but also, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, organize part of the fight, basically, by connecting with another Force user called the Magus and predicting how things were going to go and at the last moment changing something that needed to be changed in the fight so that they win. So in the same way that the emperor controls bat like does a battle control, that's what I think Thrawn is looking for right now. And if you read Heir to the Empire, that's exactly what he wants um Lord Sabaoth to do as well. That's his whole purpose of wanting that stupid fucking clone is He's insane. He wants power. He wants fleeting power. But I just want him to hold our troops together long enough so we can get done what we need done. And I think he's looking for future information so he can plan and predict a little bit better, as well as having them assist him going forward by trying to coordinate his forces because all of his stormtroopers are zombies. So, um, which really quick little nugget when Morgan Elsbeth questions about sending more troopers and Enoch stops and looks back, he's not looking at her or he, he looks at her first and then him as if his loyalties are torn right there because she's a night sister and he is his superior. And because he's a bit of both Enoch, the captain, he waits until like, cause Thrawn does the thing is like, in our time here, yeah, our numbers have dwindled. So, yes, two. So, like, he says that to her, and then as he goes to say the other line, he turns directly to Enoch and says, two will be enough. He nods. Enoch nods, looks back at her, and walks away. Like, I'm not sure who to listen to right now, which is a very fun little tactic. I think that's the dark magic. There was a part of me that thought he was going to use it himself, this dark magic. And the smirk on his face really told me he was about to utilize it and like look through the dreams. 
shit, what if he actually had his mind force projected into somebody else to talk to Morgan Elizabeth to give him the information that she needed to do the shit that she needed? It's not just, oh, did you get our visions? It was like, did you get Thrawn in your head making love to your mind? Um, sorry, this went off the rails. What do you think about the dark magic? I'm just fascinated by it. Like I, I'm, it's funny because to me, Thrawn is such a, um, he's a military mind. And, and when it comes to the military, especially in the world of star Wars, it's yeah, they employ the use of Jedi and these force wielders, but it is very much an industrial military complex. It's very tech, um, and equipment and physical, physical, like things it's, it's blasters, it's ships. It's, and so the fact that this military like mastermind, this calculating cold villain is using black magic in some way, in some sort, like really, really interests me because I just, I thought, oh, maybe that's not, that's not something Thrawn would do. Yes, there's Jedi around and there's Sith around and that sort of thing. But like, I thought he would not, I don't know, almost see himself as above that. And so it's interesting to mm. to think about what it could mean for him to be using like this kind of supernatural esque force, and what that could mean for the potential of this counterattack that he's about to launch on the Galaxy Prime that we know and love. Okay, yeah, no. So in the books, he's a huge fan of the Force and anything that resembles the Force. Um, and I think he be- mentioned it to Ezra in Rebels Season 4. The Force is a tool, a weapon to be used. And the Jedi wielded it foolishly and did not choose how to use it. I would have used it better. And so I think this is him fulfilling that little destiny he gave himself with Dark Sister magic being Force-related. It's allowing him to have that opportunity to do this if if they are sending visions into people's minds let's look back to last week was the world between worlds a real physical place or was it a vision exactly we don't know so there's a chance that these visions he he might they might be able to connect Thrawn's mind to somebody which could then get him and Ahsoka in the world between worlds communicating to each other without direct contact. Same way that Ezra and Yoda did when Yoda was very scary looking in Rebels. Did not like that. Worse than Mark Hamill, Ezra, I mean, Mark Hamill puppet that is in episode one Phantom Menace before they put in CGI Yoda. Shout out CGI Yoda. Uh, young Yoda puppet literally scares the shit out of me as an adult, even as a kid. (laughs) Uh, It just freaks me out. It's like, why is Mark Hamill Yoda? I don't like it. Um, So I, I think that there's a chance that could be done. Uh, He's going to go in and do that. And I've, they've talked about this series really diving in and giving like expansive information and knowledge about the force these are the episodes coming up like, oh, we got the world between worlds. That's one thing. But now it's like dark sister magic, some extra magic, uh, some extra force 
related thing on this planet. Ezra Bridger's here. Like, there's so much about to happen, and I have zero idea what's going to happen other than them trying to stop Thrawn from leaving the planet. Simple as that. And that's fun, right? Like, that's it's yeah. nice knowing, not knowing where it's going to go because I have felt like. I don't know, maybe Mandalorian season three, we didn't know where it was going to go, but it was almost in the opposite effect way where like we had no idea where it was going to go and it felt almost aimless, I guess. Whereas this, it's like, oh, there's a purpose here. I just don't know how we get to, I don't know what we're going to, what's going to happen next or how we get to that. Like, and, or even we kind of felt as the season went on, it's like, okay, we're going to get to here and then we're going to get to there and we're going to ultimately end. Well, we know where that story ends, but we could see the direction that the compass was pointing us. Whereas right now it's kind of like, we know the end destination and we don't know the route to get there, which is really cool. I like that. We got two weeks left, Thomas. I'm going to ask you to do one thing for me. Yes. And then our bad batcher ratings. Okay. I'm gonna we're gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna try something here. I've seen this oh. gun thrown around elsewhere, and so we're gonna try it. We're gonna do what's called a rose, a bud, and a thorn. <gasps> okay. A rose is All something right. you loved from this week. A bud is something you're looking forward to, and a thorn is something that maybe you didn't love this week. That's hard. You know me. Okay. I know. Uh, well, you are you ready? Some, something. Sure. Yes. Yep. To which part? Rosebud Thorn. Give me all three. You can. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'm like, do you want me to go first, or do you want to start? Yes. Oh no! no. I thought you said, should okay. I go first? But, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll go Just, first. Yeah, yeah. Give me all three of them. A rose. Thrawn. 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 Thrawny. Thrawn. 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 Obviously. Do I need to say more? A bud, Shin Hati, and Balin Skull storyline. I that is like the most fascinating thing because I feel like that's where we're going to get the most opportunity to expand upon the Force in a new way that we haven't seen. And I'm a I'm a Force whore. I'm a whore for the Force. <laughs> you know, I'm You're a whore for the Force. I'm a horse. You're right. I am a. <laughs> A thorn, a thorn, a thorn, a thorn. Um, a thorn. I didn't like how. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, I was just gonna say something out of my ass, but it's like, no, I like that too. Um, I did not. Okay, I guess the only thing I can think of right now is I didn't really like how Ezra is Jesus, but also like so ready to leave. Like that didn't line up to me. What do you like, mean? I don't know. Like he's Jesus for these little rock. Oh, okay. Dudes, yes. For the yeah. little naughties, yeah. which by the way, are nothing more than the trolls from Frozen. That's all I could think about. I was like, they're like the frozen trolls. Um <laughs> Oh my yeah. God! That makes him um Kristoff. A bit of a fixer upper. Ezra's Kristoff. <laughs> Let's go. Where's Finn? We need. Oh, you know what? The Howler. The Howler, the is, howler Finn. is Finn. The Howler is Finn. Frozen Let's and Ahsoka. Go. The same thing. Frozoka. 
coming to a theater near nowhere. Um, yeah, I, he was. He's like he's this Jesus figure to them, but he's also just like I'm gonna leave. Let's like, get out of here, all yep. guys. Like if he brings them like Noah's Ark type shit, then it's different. But I don't. Oh yes, don't bring the naughty uh, back. Take them from their home. Bring yeah. them to our Galaxy Prime. I want to see them interact with Baby Yoda. I want to see them interact with Ewoks. Oh. This is oh. all I want. Yeah, and uh, the um, Porgs. Oh, the Azalians? Azalians? What are the Anzellans? Yeah. Yes. Hey! He's Boken. Yeah. My Rose is the these little freaks. I love them very much. I love the naughty. And it's, I guess I'm being very silly, but it does ultimately come down to the magic of Star Wars and that this many years into this thing, they can introduce a completely new species on a completely new planet in now a completely new galaxy. And it's still interesting and it's still creative and it's magic. Like this is Star Wars magic. And that's why I love it. Uh, My bud retweet, sir. Retweet. My bud for sure is probably I'm looking forward to learning more about this planet. And I think that the planet is going to be a lot more important to the, to the series than we ultimately had thought. um, Or I had thought coming in. I just have a feeling that Peridia is going to be key to these next two episodes. And what is it hiding? What is this power Balin is looking for? So it kind of ties into yours as well. And then my thorn is probably... And it's you notice I didn't even really have her name in the rundown. Is why is Morgan Elspeth a part of this? She feels like a Ooh, character that man. was written for a potential story like this when Mandalorian season two was coming out, and then they felt the need to include her here because she's in that Ahsoka episode, and I just feel like her she's the least interesting part of this show to me. Okay, I agree. I should have went with her as my thorn because I wasn't thinking. I literally just forgot about her. Yeah. She mentions, I am ever your servant, Grand Admiral. I have, here. here's my theory. She doesn't make it throughout this and Thrawn kills her by his own hand by the end of this because she makes enough. She's already made a mistake, right? She's made one and he's not pleased with it because it changed everything. Yeah. So now yep. she makes another. He's going to allow it. But the third mistake, he will kill her. And that will Three be... Three strikes and you're out. That's what they say. Th- that is, uh, that's baseball. That's stickball for sure. So I think, I think she dies before the end of this season or series, whatever you want to call it. Because um, I don't know. How she brutal just... is that? She spent all these years trying to get him yeah. back. She gets there. She's finally done it. And he just offs her. <laughs> Right? That's what I'm saying. And that would just be like, oh, this Thrawn is not fucking around yeah. with a loss. Like, we, and I'm I'm waiting for the monologue where he discusses why the Empire lost in the first place and blames it on the Emperor's consolidation of power within himself and allowing the Navy and the ISB to constantly fight each other and then bringing all of their people to one place on one location, which he fought against the Death Star, only to be blown up within a week of its fucking, what is it, ribbon cutting. Literally, exactly what he was saying would happen, fucking happened. So now he's just going to be like, oh, you don't want to listen? You're an idiot. Boo! <laughs> Lasered. 
Okay, Thomas, let's get to it. You're, how many bad batches are you giving this week's episode? Do you want me to start? You start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've been thinking about this. I think it's a four. Three and a half or a four. It's a low four, high three and a half for me. If I was Jack, it'd be like 3.87, but I'm not a nerd. So, um, well, actually, that's I don't know if I can yeah. say that. <laughs> you cannot say that. Wearing those glasses, buddy? I don't live. I don't live my life in a graphing calculator like Jack Pews does. So, um, I yeah, I'd say a high 3.5, low four. I think it's really good. Yeah, I am a four. Uh, I want to give it a four and a half, but I don't know. I just don't feel like that's right that'd be pushing it uh a four two five i don't like doing quarters uh i prefer just half stars if you will half i don't like i don't like anakin skywalkering my bad badgers i just like darth mauling them so i only like cutting them in half not thirds or fourths or ninths so yeah i'm gonna go four um i don't know it could have just had more thrawn i guess that's my only real critique <laughs> More yes, Thrawn and more Thrawn. More, Thomas, you more over Thrawn, the next Sabine half decade content. are going to get so much Thrawn. You're going to get more Thrawn than you could ever want. It's going to be amazing. The Thanos of Star Wars is finally here. But dear mm. listener, you listening at home, what did you think of Ahsoka Episode 6? You can, as always, let us know over on Twitter at Reckless Rebels or X, whatever you want to call it. We're there for now. Until they start charging for everyone to use it, then we'll reconsider things. I don't know. <laughs> These are these are true statements, and if that happens, we're just gonna go find the Twitter uh, X. What is it called? Building home quarters, headquarters, server headquarters, system, yeah. and just and burn it all down. Why not? That's oh, right. I That's, I wouldn't say yeah. that on the internet. That is definitely. <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah, I just went the firewall. We're gonna burn the firewall down. Uh, ah, yes. I don't know how that happens because I don't tech, but I assume it has something to do with blowing on the cartridge because then it gets moisture and then it like it's bad. I don't know. I'm 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 rambling at Reckless Rebels, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S on the Twitter sphere and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Amazon Music. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. We really do appreciate it. Keeps us in the algorithm and Klein has just entered his emo era. Klein, where can everyone find you on social media? Um, you can find me everywhere at the Kleinfeld, T-H-E-K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T, Twitter, Instagram, all over. Threads, I'm over there as well. Um, doing a whole lot of stuff. Just put up first a little bit from an interview I did with one of the cinematographers from the live action One Piece series. So that's up over Hell yeah. on my Twitter if you want to check that out. Um, as well as there'll be plenty more coming. Loki's coming. Marvel Spider-Man 2, I'm sure I'll be doing some coverage for in the next little bit. It's going to be a busy next couple of weeks. Absolutely. You can follow me on all the socials at TC Rochester Act. T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. I don't know why my accent changed in the middle. It is what it is. Um, uh, yeah, you can also go listen to last week's review. I, I pumped it at the end of this episode last week, my genuine chit chat with Mike, you can head over to my Twitter and go, uh, you'd have to scroll a little bit, but it's there. Um, or just at genuine chit chat on the, their Twitter sphere. Uh, you were talking about Loki, buddy. My birthday week is going to be fucking insane. 
I'm so excited. Uh, we get the creator on the 29th. We get three episodes of the boys university show on the 29th. I go to Dallas I, on the 30th. I forgot that that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys Pats on my birthday. Ahsoka finale two Good days to see later. Matt Jones in the flesh. Lucky you. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a grand old time. I hope to see him bleed a little. That's yeah, I, I said a little. So like I'm talking like a little. You're violent. Today, Thomas. This turf is not burn. this is not the Thomas that I know. I'm very hungry. I, I'm kind of borderline on hangry right now. I smell pizza. All right. Um, and then on the, the 3rd of October is the uh, good old fashioned Ahsoka finale. Two days later on the 5th, Loki premiere. Two days later, I go to Florida State to watch football. I'm living the fucking dream on my birthday this year, dude. Like, let's go. Uh, very excited for that. But, sentient and droids, we have reached the end of the episode. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was just standard operating procedure of podcasting. Yippee!